and welcome to Between You and Me, the Marillion podcast, as presented by me, Paul Rowe. Some people sometimes call me Mr Biffo. Don't know why. You don't let me call you Mr Biffo. It's weird when my wife, Sanya, who's also here with me, calls me Mr Biffo. Just but you weird. don't mind if I just say Biffo? Well, when we're... When you we're don't like a... the formality of Mr Biffo? When, no, I don't mind. Well, yeah, it's a bit weird, but... It's when we're, normally when we're in a room with another person called Paul, it's sometimes easier for you to just call me Biffo. Yes. Isn't it? It is. It's like perhaps that's what happens with Fish if he's in a room with another Derek. Mm. Such as... It's like... It, the... Such as Derek Nimmo. <laughs> <laughs> it's a reference that I know is lost on you and all of our international viewers. I can't think of any other Dereks. Let's not spend ten minutes trying to think of Dereks because we've got a lot to talk about. We do. We're going to talk about the rest of Meridian.com having... Finishingup.com. Well, yeah, we've got a long way to go because the first episode we only covered three songs. Oh, I felt like more. No. Oh, because we spent the first... Half an hour just waffling. Yeah. By the way, if you can hear noise in the background, our neighbours are drilling the road. I don't know. I don't know if it's the neighbours or the council, but someone's drilling the road. Someone's drilling the road outside our house. So if you can hear a drilling sound in the background, we apologise. But we've got to do this now. We have no choice. We cannot wait. There is no other time. There is no other time. So before we begin, so I didn't do last time. I just wanted to recap some of the other albums and singles that were hits in 1999, the year that Meridian.com was released. Can you name any? By 1999. No. Okay. no right, take that start. as a no. <laughs> I'm guessing not. <laughs> yeah, just take that as a no. Uh, Britney's Hit Me Baby One More Time. Oh, that's as, that's from 1999. Yeah. I thought that was from the 2000s. No, that's how old it is and how long she's been around now. Uh, Prodigy? Um, oh, maybe, but I haven't got it on my list. Lou Baker's Mambo Number 5. How does that go? A little bit of Jessica in my oh, life. That. A little bit of I Monica. thought that was way older. <laughs> I thought that was from earlier in the 90s. Um, a little bit of Rita, hello, need. Shania Twain's That Don't Impress Me Much. Which we mentioned last week. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Martin's Living the Vida Loca. Oh, God, that's ancient. Uh, Fatboy Fat Slim's Praise You. Praise you like a shoe. I love that song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, love it, love it. Great video. Uh, and um, The Millennium Prayer by Cliff Richard was, I think, the Christmas number one. It's horrible. How does horrible. That go? It's to the tune, I think it's to the tune of um, Old Lang Syne, but with religious. I lyrics. need to hear this again because that I'm drawing a complete blank on that. Yeah, it was it was the era when, when Cliff thought, oh, uh, you know, I can I can top up my retirement fund if I have another Christmas number one. So might have worked because I don't know if he's had any singles out since then. I'm sure he has. Um, so they're not a great uh, year on the singles or hit singles front. I think you'll agree. Um, no, I think I'll disagree. <laughs> well, hit me, baby, one more. It was a good year uh, for pop. Sorry, praise you is okay, great. Yes. Um, what other songs did you mention? <laughs> Mambo <laughs> like number five. Short term memory. Mambo number Living five. Living the Vida okay. Loca. All right, they're all great Iconic. pop songs. Yeah. But what I will say is, 
There not ones that you kind of sit, lay down with headphones on to listen to. Yeah, maybe not a, a, a great year for art, but a great year for pop. Yeah, let's put it that way. It was, uh, it was an era when there wasn't like, we'd come out of Britpop. Mm. and nothing sort of replaced Britpop. So music was in a bit of a... a void. There wasn't There wasn't a fashion as such, that, mm. uh, you know, because Britpop had kind of come out of... Well, there, there'd been grunge, Britpop. Before that, there'd been Acid House, Baggy, and yet the sort of late 90s, and really ever since, there's not really sort of been those kind of fads where everything mm. was in. It's sort of everything became much more sort of homogenised. Mishmash. Anyway, album-wise, uh, there were some good albums, though. Right. Um, I can't pronounce it. Sigur Ross's... Never the blue, the blue one it. with a picture of an embryo on the front. Uh, it's good out. Great album. That's proggy-ish. Never heard of it. Um, the Flaming Lips, The Soft Bulletin. Great album. Proggy-ish. Oh, you're, um, he's your brother. Your um, twin. Okay, he looks a little bit like me. Just slimmer and more handsome. Um, thanks for not replying to that and saying, no, 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 you're more handsome than him. You are Gordon. more handsome than him. Oh, well. <laughs> wow. Okay, waiting thanks. for you to... No. Thanks. Waiting for you to stop talking. Okay, I gave you an ample pause to jump <laughs> No, you didn't. You meant to interrupt. No, you then. didn't. I um, am interrupting. Wow. You're, oh, I, you I love it when handsome. that voice goes like that and, and I know that Sandy has <laughs> been caught out. I know when Sanya's so been caught. Look, I know he's handsome. It's fine. No, you're. I know he's way more of handsome. Of course, you're than me. way more handsome to me. My to God, you, but not to anyone else. I know that. Um, no, that's not true. <laughs> Can you stop, yeah. please? <laughs> right. So, uh, what else did you have? Apple Venus Volume One by XTC, one of H's favorite bands. Um, another proggy-ish album. Very mm. good album. All these albums, by the way, I bought and I really liked. Wilco's Summer Teeth. Um, I've the, not heard of any of these albums. Yeah, well, this these is are like, the albums. What is, I don't know what was going on with me. The White Stripes, you know them, their first album. The White Stripes, by the White Stripes. I've heard of them. You know the White Stripes, Seven Nation Army. And, I've heard the name. Well, that wasn't on this album. Uh, Moby. And, oh, yeah, no, yeah, Moby. Play, his album, the one with all the hits. Um, Gorilla by Super Furry Animals had some proggy ish moments on there. Mogwai's Come on Die Young, again, a bit proggy. Um, and an album that I really like that has never had the um, recognition that it deserved was I'll start that again HMS Fable by Shaq oh you never heard of that have you no no so um, I think there were some good albums that year but quite diverse albums I think which yeah, which I talked about a few weeks ago that that sort of proggy influence was still happening. I think bands were being a little bit more daring mm-hmm. than they perhaps had been during the Britpop era. And they were sort of pushing to, yeah, more experimental areas. Right. So it was... <coughs> oh, my goodness. What was that? Bless me. Bless you. Thank you. Remember to do that as well. Oh, my goodness. I, I can't catch a break today. I'm not saying anything <laughs> fast enough. <laughs> Winding up my wife, I love it. So, Marillion.com. Should we just jump into the next track that we haven't covered? Which was Rich. Rich Rich was Witch. Oh, I see what you did there. Oh, my goodness. All I can say is I really, 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 really dislike the scream at the beginning of the song. It's not quite at the beginning. 
It's a few bars in, isn't it? Yeah, it's at the beginning enough. Yeah! Like, it yeah! sets me on edge every yeah! time. I can't <laughs> handle it. All right. Well, and what? I think that clouds my experience of the song because it gets my cortisol levels spiking. You hate people screaming, don't you? No, not always, but... <laughs> Sometimes I really like it when people scream. <laughs> yeah, it's... It... <laughs> Yeah, it, the sound of the quality of sound to the scream is a little bit grating. If I set that aside, I don't hate the song. It's all right. Um, I think it sounds a bit dated. Gonna say it, but maybe it didn't back then. Um, I like the psychedelic Beatlesy bits that it has in the background with the keyboard and the drums and the electric guitar further into the song. The I like and the drums and the electric guitar, but not the bass. You hate the bass. And the bass. Well, Love the bass. The rest okay, and all band. the music, all the <laughs> instruments. It's quite a high energy and boppy song and it comes across as being quite optimistic and upbeat, but I don't love, love, love it. It it's not timeless. When I say dated, right. what I mean by that is it it's not a timeless song. Mm like Go was. Like Go, right. if I listen to it now, I'd be like, that could have been written so last think, month. So you think it's dated as in dated In to... the sound. When you say the sound, you mean the production or the music? Oh, I... Just the whole thing. You don't agree? Well, it's not that like I don't agree. I think they were deliberately trying to sound, write something that sounded a bit retro and 60s-ish. Oh, right. I don't think it's dated as in, oh, this this sounds, God, it sounds so 90s. I think it sounds like they were trying to. I'm not so it's meant to sound retro, but it doesn't quite work in my opinion. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, I... Yeah, okay, so they meant to sound retro. It doesn't work. Yeah, I don't really It doesn't work, it. I agree with you. Oh, okay, uh, right. Yeah, I, I'm not defending the song in saying that. I, in fact, there's a quote here from H who says... Rich was inspired by a jam idea from the radiation sessions, like a Doors pop song, it sounded to me. It sounds nothing like the Doors, but I can see how it sounds like a song that's trying to sound like the Doors. Mm. And I remember as well him in another interview at the time describing the end bit as, a, as kind of Jimi Hendrix psychedelic Yeah, and I, I, um, I get that psychedelic vibe from it. Well, but, no. I, but mm. wait, hang on. Like, as you said before, when they do rock... I'm not sure that's what they do best. Oh, now you're saying it. It's not just me saying it. Well, I th- hang on. I thought you said it like around heavy rock, but I'm talking about like this. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I just, I'm just not like a massive fan of it. No. But I don't hate it at the same time. What it sounds to me like, a song that a bunch of middle-aged men are trying to sound like 20-year-old men from the 1960s. Right. You know, they are, that's, so The Doors, Jimi Hendrix, that psychedelic era. And it just comes across as, for a song that is upbeat. Yeah. For me, it has an astonishing lack of energy to it. Mm, uh, I get what you mean. Yeah, I, 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 I can see what you mean. Because these aren't, you know, presumably five guys off their face on acid. You know, it's them. <laughs> well, we, we don't know. We don't know. So it lacks a sort of uh, looseness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It lacks a looseness and a, a freewheeling energy that those 60s songs had. Yeah. It's trying to do that. 
but it's doing it in such a controlled and consequently slightly contrived way mm. that for me it's unsuccessful. And I mean the psychedelic bit at the end, it's all right, but yeah, but it's not compare bad, that but... to you know something any any Hendrix where he goes off on. Oh my god, yeah, because he's a legend. Yeah, um, uh, you, and... it doesn't compare. <laughs> on top of that, I don't like the production on the song. It, it's noticeably different production-wise to a lot of the rest of the album because this one's been mixed by Nick Davis, who did Season's End. It's not one of the Stephen Wilson co-produced tracks. Mm. And so for me, it, it it's a lot flatter sounding than the rest of the album. It sounds more like the kind of production that was on This Strange Engine, which is, you know, sorry to knock the This Strange Engine mix because it was mixed by Dave Megan. He didn't produce the album, but he did mix it. Um, but I don't love the production on that album or the mix. And that's what this sounds like to me. It sounds flatter compared to the rest of the album. And on top of that, I don't mm. like that treatment that's been given to H's vocals throughout oh, it. Oh, yeah. Um, no. It, it's, you know, they did it on Answering Machine and later backtracked on that when the 2013 version came out. But I don't like... I don't like his vocal on it generally. It's no, not just the screen. Do I. Yeah. I don't like how he sings this song. It lacks um, a certain what's the word? Again, like it's energy or something. But I now yeah, you've said that the production is is different. I want to listen to it again with that in mind next to the other songs yeah, on the album. It hasn't got they've got Because I, I didn't pick up on that. As I said with this album overall, I think it's a question of an album that is saved by the production. However, the tracks that Nick Davis uh, was responsible for, I don't think we yeah, deserves another one. Oh. Um, I don't think work as well. Mm. Uh, they gave him the singles, so to speak, or the, the tracks they thought could be singles to to mix. Um, and I, I, I don't know. It sounds a whole. It makes it sound even more flatter than it already does. It saps even more energy out of it. It has oh, I don't know that the the whatever that that filter that they put on H's voice yeah makes his it just it's like fingernails down a blackboard a bit for me yeah um so but but having said all that you know it is kind of catchy you know the do 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 yeah that bit's catchy it's not it's not a steamer it's got hand I... claps and whooping and yes <laughs> It's not yeah, a stream. It's, it's, it's a playful pop rock It does song. have It does have its good side as well. I like the sort of electric piano line that sort of runs through it. And it feels like it's a, a song that you can file under or alongside Under the Sun or mm. perhaps Cannibal Surf Babe, although Cannibal Surf Babe does that sort of retro pastiche thing so much better mm. than this. Yeah. For whatever reason. Oh, it's better produced for a start. And it, it just isn't as contrived as this. Look. Maybe look, also because the lyrics. Oh, no, the lyrics in here aren't bad. So. It's, yeah, it's know. not the lyrics. I don't know, it's not the lyrics. Yeah, it's, it's not the lyrics. It's the music that, mm. and the vocal performance. Sorry, mm. H, and sorry, the band. It's like his voice is a bit strained. It which sounds it was strained. undeserved. And the filter on it. Has, has uh, maybe, made it worse. Maybe it's the filter on the it. The filter makes it worse. It well, doesn't the, do. It doesn't bring out the best in his voice. No, it's... He's got such an amazing voice. It's like, why are you putting a filter on it that makes it not as good? Yeah. Yeah. It's like this weird doubling effect that, mm. or something. 
But it's... But look, compare this song. And this is something, thankfully, after this album, I'm going to start getting a lot more positive about my favourite band uh, and my favourite singer and my favourite musicians. But you compare this song to let's go back to, you know, and okay, we're possibly wrong to compare the Fish era with, with the H era. But this isn't necessarily about H. This is about all the members of the band who were in both eras because right. it's musically where this really is let down and yeah. H, H got the majority of the stick because he was the front man and yeah. the most obvious outward change but Marillion was still writing the music so uh, for me you know if you do compare this to some of their earlier sort of pop rock songs Marcus Square Heroes or Incommunicado for example mm-hmm. it's just it's night and day yep yeah, yeah, yeah. It's night and day. It's a distinct difference in the level of energy of that kind of like power that comes through. Yeah, and yeah. So I was so confused with this album because it was like, why, why, what's happened? What happened? Why are they writing songs like this? And I, and again, it sounds like I hate Rich, and I actually don't. It's fine. Mm. It's sort of a bit forgettable. It's for, yeah, but it's, it's fine because it's. A I bit, don't. I it, don't hate it either. It's I a bit. It's say. a bit catchy. It's catchy and it's fine. And yeah. If they played it live, I wouldn't go to the loo. Um, no. But again, but you it, wouldn't be like, oh my god, I love it. I'll play it again. Yeah, play Rich. Again. I wouldn't shout for oh, Rich again. Do you know what I feel like listening to today? Let's put on Rich. Like, <laughs> we yeah. wouldn't say that. No. Um, but it's fine if it came on. If it came it on, yeah, you just keep going about your day and have it on in the background. Yeah. So, uh, so I was confused as to what was happening. You know, it had this. I don't know. It just it just lacked something, and it it was a it was confusing. I think that's where I'd ended up by the time Dot Com came out. It was an album that really confused me because I didn't know who this band were trying to be. Mm. Um, but and it's also one of those songs that I kind of feel they've chucked in there again and I feel like a stuck record saying this again one of those songs that they feel like they have to have on every album because they're thinking about the live performance and let's, which makes let's sense let's put upbeat from the new album yeah but I get why they do that because a lot of their life is spent touring and playing live but it's not... And uh, if they don't have some upbeat songs, you know, it, they probably enjoy playing those upbeat songs. Look, they and do, they, they like seeing this. the audience get into it. And yet... So I get why they need some upbeat songs. But there's upbeat and there's songs with power and energy. True. Okay. Yeah, but this was um, in the early days and maybe they hadn't yeah. realised. I, I get the sense, and I do think they still do it to a point, sometimes in more recent albums i still think they do do it sometimes i think they've got to write these shitty pop rock songs and put them in the set when actually something like invisible man just has had 10 times as much energy mm. uh and you know something like new kings or power power or something like that songs that that don't feel like they're going against what marillion do naturally they're songs that don't feel like marillion trying to sound like Jimi hendrix and failing or the doors and failing they sound like marillion being marillion are succeeding mm. because they're playing to their strengths i don't know i don't know what where i'm going with this but it, it's just a, sorry this sort of marillion song doesn't work for me 
because it's not it's not what they do best. And yet something like Incommunicado and Market Square Heroes sort of did. Mm. Didn't but feel... it was, they were different because well, first of all, they weren't kind of like poppy. Yeah. But they they well, had a different kind of energy kind of to was. them. They still had a sort of. A, there was still something know. sort of slightly I mean, they biting were definitely, about them. Yeah, they were definitely upbeat. They had an edge. They were definitely upbeat, but they had like a kind of real... You can't even... How do you put words to it? I know what it is. It is, and I've just said it. Mm. And it, it Meridian, when they're at their best, and this goes back to, if you think, script, uh, you know, misplaced, Fugazi, uh clutching at straws all those albums yes they did some love songs yes they did some ballads but marillion their power they had an edginess and a bite to them yeah but and, and i get that worked with fish because he's got a bite but to I, him, but I, I can't it does see that with working H. with it H. does work with ace this is my point really think invisible man is a song that has got punch um i wouldn't really say it's got edge does it it feels slightly dangerous. You know, for mm. me, the best of fear has got a bit of edge to it. I don't know. Gaza. I wouldn't say it's got edge. Not in the same way as Incommunicado and... Really? Market Square Heroes. An aggression. They had... Well, n- no. I... I no, I don't. I don't feel really? I feel it in the fish era, and it's a because it's a kind of primal energy that comes up from the ground or something. And what it does is, as as the the song plays and this energy is rising up, it gets the whole crowd, and the audience feel the energy, and it it brings with fish songs. Yeah, All right, so and what, I what don't feel that with H era songs. Any of them. Not not the same quality of energy. It's different. It's more like it feels more mystical. Right. Okay. So. Then. But it's still powerful. It's yeah, still okay. powerful. But whereas the fish era had that kind of primal energy. Yeah. H's, H era feels like it's got a more mystical energy. Right. So would you, Sometime, de- would you describe time, a song like Rich as mystical? No. Right. But I also, it's not. I'm talking about their best songs. I also don't think Rich is one of their very best songs. No. But for me, there were too many of these sorts of songs in that era. However yeah. you or I define it. Yeah. However you or I sort of say... Rich is kind of like a generic 90s song. Yeah. It's not... Trying to be a 60s Trying song. to be a 60s song. Yeah, it's generic. Um, it's generic. And yeah. That, okay, let's just call it generic. As yeah. A, and that, that is why it doesn't work. Yeah, because... it's not, it's not, as you've said already, it's not like particularly Marillion-y. No. So, yeah, it's not drawing in that energy. It's I don't, not, hasn't yeah. got that power to it because it's just a generic song. What I don't want from Marillion are songs that could be written by anyone else. I want songs it, that are Exactly, that yeah, which is like no pressure. Well, <laughs> no pressure, Marillion. Okay, if they stopped going, oh, yeah, let's start with a jam that sounds like The Doors. If H stopped mm. kind of saying that, which he does a lot, and it's not the last time on this album, mm. as we'll find out going forwards, where he's, or they, push to sound like someone else, where it doesn't quite come off. Mm. Uh, if they stop doing that, you know, it, it's they're hiding to nothing every time. Sorry, it's, it's every, you know, the only time I can 
thing that it really, really worked, really worked at its best, were, were was on Afraid of Sunlight with Cannibal Surf Babe and Beyond You. Mm-hmm. You know, both yeah. of those were And a lot of people don't like worked. Cannibal Surf Babe. Yeah, a lot of people don't like Cannibal Surf Babe. Some people don't like Beyond You and they think it's filler. <laughs> we know someone like that, although he, he claims to have come around recently. Well, there you go. So we were right all along and... <laughs> it was a great song anyway right look rich so what's it about sonia it's just a load of positive quotes isn't it it's 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 um live laugh love the song <laughs> it's wine o'clock song. Um. it is it is <laughs> it's, laugh, it's, love you don't song. have to be mad to work it but it helped the song <laughs> um so I've written, it sounds like we are continuing continuing along with the thread of escapism, especially when he says things like reality is something that you rise above and things like avoiding danger is no safer in the long run. The fearful fall foul of fate as often as the reckless. So it sounds like H is finally starting to accept and reconcile himself with the fact that he loves to leave and to escape the mundane life and to seek adventure. It's these chains again, isn't it? Yeah, That's exactly but it's, what... it's like on the timeline, it's a little bit off. It's a step after these chains. Maybe. If it's on a timeline. Mm. Um, so maybe through this, did he write this song or whoever wrote uh, this yeah, song? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? But... So, Okay, no, I won't. Right. I won't interrupt. All right, I'll finish and then you can enlighten me. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the next one. <laughs> I know. Don't jump ahead. Um, so maybe through this song, he's saying he's swapped seeking his fame and fortune, which he was he's written about in the past, for seeking adventure and new life experiences. Um, you know, like when he says things like "You don't need money to be rich anyhow. Spending yourself is what it's all about," and. I noticed that there was a big leap from the feelings that we felt in deserve and a legacy because he's in where there was like self I know okay I wrote these notes before <laughs> before we did last week's <laughs> did episode so, but the feelings of this song are a big leap from the feelings that we feel in a legacy and deserve because here he seems to be sowing the seeds of self-acceptance and forgiveness so those deserve and a legacy were filled with self-loathing and, you know, not so nice okay, things. Okay, but you keep and mentioning he, it. And he's saying things. Yeah, but he sang it. <laughs> he sang it because he could relate to it okay. for some reason. For some reason. Um, song about divorce. Yeah. I think so, yeah. So then, so yeah, in this song he's saying there's always another chance for you. I found this particular, these two verses that I'm about to read out. There's always another chance for you. Wait, sort of wait, remembering... whoa, 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 wait. I'd read the line before that. Oh, go and read the chart. Oh, what? hang on. I think it's on the other page. Yeah. If you've made, if you, yeah. So okay. if you think about what state he's in with his relationship at the time, mm-hmm. what we'd heard in songs on the previous album, like Answering Machine, These Chains, blah, blah, blah. Um, and now he's writing, if if you have made mistakes, there's always another chance for you. You can start over again at any moment, any, t- any little time you choose. Talk about failure. To fall is not to fail. Failure isn't about falling down. Failure is staying down. And when he, also when he writes, there's always another chance for you. You can start over again, start over again, over again. 
any little time you choose, get rich right now. Live, laugh, laugh. It's one o'clock. Yeah, very good. Uh, yeah, one thing I will say in this song's favour. Yeah. I liked a lot of the lyrics. Because yeah, I love are, the lyrics. They are basically, you know, like Little Book of Calm. <laughs> <laughs> little Book of Calm by Marillion. <laughs> It, it, it's it's that they're isn't inspiring it? yeah yeah they're... but they aren't his quotes they're, they're no. not age lyrics yeah. they're ones I know that one of them was borrowed. like Ananin yeah Anus the first Anus <gasps> Paul what? oh did I mispronounce it I'm sorry <laughs> but I like the lyrics I like the sentiment of them I like the sentiment of the song well he got them from believe it or not uh, Mark Kelly's well uh, would she would later become Mark Kelly's wife now his ex-wife uh, and mentioned in a very awkward passage on the uh, recent Corona Diaries, Angie Moxham, um, oh, who also right. did a lot of PR for Marillion. Oh. She had basically collected these when she was at university to help her get through, uh, and she basically gave them to H, and he turned them into a song. So apparently they're from quotes from all sorts of people, as diverse as Anay Nin mm-hmm. uh, and yes, Liza, Liza Minnelli. Oh, Liza Minnelli's in there. Yeah. Which one was the Liza quote? I don't know. So he said, um, I was just saying no to everything that I thought I'd been banging on about for years in order to try and create the ultimate antidote to everything I'd written, I suppose. He was trying to write a positive song, basically. I'm really happy with Rich because it's that rare thing. It's that full-on happy positive song that is at the same time totally credible in so much as it doesn't sound like it's been made up for effect. It's positive philosophy from the hip. So I'm pleased with that. I, yeah, the, the whole we don't th- see things as they are, we see them as we are. Yes. I, even when we were doing our counselling training, I quoted that. Oh, you that. love that quote. I do, I do. Because yeah. it's it's so important when dealing with other people. Yeah. That you realise they are coming at anything from their perspective. And their history and... And it wasn't until I got that... And their trauma. Yeah, it wasn't until I heard it, that in the song and that lyric that I kind of went, whoa, that's so true. Mm we all see the world through our own perspective, uh, through our own, you know, tainted sort of lens, really. It really helped me to try and see the world differently. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty big big for a song, you know, for, for me to, for it to change my perception of the world and kind of go, okay, am I seeing things as they are? Am I, or am I processing this through everything I've been through? Yeah, are you seeing people and things objectively? Are yeah. we seeing this song objectively, Paul, or are we seeing it as we are? Are we trying to sound like 1960s psychedelic 20-year-old rock No, no, no. Musicians? What, what we say on this podcast is fact. It's not opinion. <laughs> are people going to know that you're joking when you Who say knows? it like Who that? Who knows anymore? Um, so... For me, I don't like the song particularly. It's fine, but I do like the message. I like the message and, and I like those, the lyrics. Some of those quotes uh, actually have meant a lot to me over the years and have come in handy. Yeah. So thank you for that, H. Yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Shame the music let it down. Yeah, and the vocals, so, you know, they were shit. The filter on the vocals. Okay, it's not, it's not the vocals' fault. No. Well, the no. scream at the beginning... All right, I'm ruining everything nice we've said about let, look, it. So yeah, let's let, move we on. should have just left it there. Yeah. Enlightened. Enlightened. Hmm. Let's see. 
wouldn't say Enlightened is the most standout or memorable song, mm, either that's... on the album or in the whole of Marillion's body of work, but I actually think it's a really lovely song. It's quite pretty, isn't it's it? It's pretty. I, I, I like it. I really enjoyed listening to it. Um, it's got a beautiful, mellow start with such a gorgeous, smooth electric guitar, um, which I... I put that if it was um, on TV and had subtitles, it would have been described as like mystical sounds. God. Wow. Just because we've been watching some shows recently with the subtitles on because we couldn't understand what people were saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the beginning music, they would have said mystical sounds playing. Oh, oh there you go. Mystical. They're, they're bringing in that uh... mystical energy. Um and they really do give a watery feel to the song. Mm. So yeah, that's, got... that's, do you want to say anything about the sound or do we want to talk about the lyrics? Uh, I wish they'd kept that laid back watery feel and didn't go into the guitar solo. The guitar solo, I think, is out of place here. Oh, I, I'm all I didn't, for a, I didn't I'm all for a guitar solo, but it's, it's that new sound that Lothers is trying to experiment with and I don't like it. Oh. I don't like the sound of the solo. Right. That, I, don't, I don't know, just keep it keep it chilled. Yeah. The song for me would be a lot more effective if they did like a Now Shall Never Know or Born to Run with it where they keep it at that tempo and not kind of try and build. Sometimes I just wish they'd stay small. Yeah, and not have um not have to feel they have to go big every time. Mm. Be- but it, but at the same time the it's got that chiming laid back feel there that as pretty as it is is pretty unmemorable yeah it's forgettable Unfor- I hate to say it, unfortunately because i do really like it when i listen I don't to it don't dislike it at all but it just yeah. doesn't stand out no and it doesn't help for me either that lyrically it doesn't really even stand out as being about anything I know. I, I know what it's no. about. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. Can I just make my guess before yeah, you tell yeah. us? Um, I'm going to hazard a guess that it's about the experience of being in love. <laughs> why? Why are you saying? Because it's probably really obvious. Um, and he just—I love the lyrics because he describes it so poetically. I feel dizzy to fever with this love. The blues and the greys are waved away inside a day with her. Riding the forks of the lightning. I mean, wow, that's so poetic. Feeling yeah. the sparks along my back. It's all right. It's all right. Um, it's that, another yeah. big leap from the bitterness that we heard in previous songs. He is like trying to be. Well, you've and, got go on here. Yeah. Um, Rich, and then this. And then, You're right, yeah, it is so more positive as an album. Yeah. Um, Apart from Deserve. Ugh. Yeah, Deserve deserve, and a Legacy maybe were, had, weren't as uplifting and positive so it's 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 got it's balancing out that those angsty Mm. bitter feeling songs i mean listen to this remember in rich when when i i said how it felt like he'd moved forward from that self-loathing that we heard in Mm. a legacy and deserve even though he didn't write them he sang them but he wrote deserve yeah but a legacy um now he's writing, I thought I was born to take and to damage. I mean, mm. ouch, ouch. But I'm giving and healing and feeling 
ultramarine and ultra serene. Love, I love that line. Climbing yeah. the forks of the line. And I like how he sings those. Yeah, I love lines. how he sings that. She told me today, it's it'll be okay. It's all right. It's all right. What a difference. There's there's a real moving forward from self-loathing. Okay, here's the I thing. I thought I was born to take and to damage. Yeah, that's a lovely couplet. But, but, but this love is giving him a different viewpoint of himself and he's healing. Well, let me... Um, I think it's interesting when he says Dizzy to Fever. Mm-hmm. His nickname for his ex-wife was Dizzy. Um, Dizzy Spell. Uh, oh. Let me just read a quote from him. I think mm-hmm. I got this from Meridian Explanations of Song website. Mm-hmm. Of songs. Explana- is that what it's called? Fraser's website. I've mentioned it enough times. You can go find it. Um, he says, It's about the magic of feeling great and very chilled out and spacey and smiley. I wrote it in a cafe called Viva Vida in Sao Paulo. Oh, uh, wow. Just as well he wasn't in Costa. Uh, <laughs> Starbucks. <laughs> cafe Nero. <laughs> anyway. Um, when you're incredibly tired, which of course you usually are on tour, you get into a euphoric state of mind that comes out of exhaustion. I was sitting there in the afternoon with my body clock all upside down, just watching the people on the avenue killing time. And I was trying to write about being in love with life while at the same time thinking about lovemaking and losing yourself in a person. Hey, what? You can't say ur to lovemaking. I don't want, well, no. Okay, I love lovemaking for the record, everyone. Um, I just don't, I don't want to have to think about H doing it. Um, the fact that you sit in the cafe thinking about it. You sit there going, oh, I love lovemaking. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cappuccinos in lovemaking. Oh, look, look how I stir my coffee. Oh. <laughs> One lump or two. Right. So, um, Right about being in love in life while at the same time thinking about love making and losing yourself in a person and the electricity. So, uh, yes, that's all lovely, isn't it? Yes. That's all lovely. Unfortunately, we're at a state now where mm. I kind of go, oh, he's with his wife. Was it about his wife? Um, well, you did say her name was Dizzy. Yeah, Dizzy to Fever. I don't know. I'm, look, and I'm not making any accusations of anything. Mm. Who was he thinking about? That's all I'm saying. Mm. And it does make me kind of go, oh. That's all. Suddenly the songs are, be- like before they're all angsty and oh, everything's falling apart. And suddenly yeah. the songs are getting a little bit more positive and yeah. full of a bit more self-love and yeah. oh, love is a wonderful thing. Funny that. So, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, some nice lyrics in there. Mm, um, I love it. Some I nice love lyrics. It. Beautiful song. Uh, I don't like... I, I, okay, here's the thing. I don't like the very start. I don't like when he's singing about sitting in Viva Vida. I don't know why that annoys me. In the name of a oh. cafe. You you don't like the name of the cafe being in the song? or Yeah, weird, isn't it? You don't like the thought of him sitting in a cafe thinking about lovemaking. Glad no one can see what I was doing then. Me too. <laughs> no. H, that's not. H can you not imagine him do doing that. that? No, I can't. That's All of you not at home him. can imagine what I was doing. No, he, he would not ever do that. That's not his style. Mm-hmm. So, look, let's just move on because right. it, cause it, 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 it's fine. Oh, Great. We know what's next. I don't know if I want to move on. 
I haven't written much about Built in Bastard Radar musically. Well, that's fine. Do you know what I've written? Oh, have you just written for a four-letter word? It sucks. No, I wrote start off okay, <laughs> but it feels like a waste of H's voice. Hmm, it's very rocky, and his voice almost seems strained. <laughs> that's it. That's all <laughs> you've read. Well, I wrote about the lyrics, but that's all I wrote about the music. Uh, I, I don't like it. Yes, I don't really like the music. It's, no, no. It's, it, I'm not sure I like what it's about either, but... It's a John Helmer lyric. Oh. Uh, which we'll get onto in a minute, because mm. I have an interesting quote about... I, it, I think it's unfinished. I don't think, for me, that this sounds like a fully developed song. Yes, it could have got worse. It could have got better. But as it stands on this album, it's a well-produced, like, beautifully produced, thanks to Stephen Wilson, demo. Mm. I do not mm. think this has ever, to my ears, sounded like a complete song. It, it it feels like the skeleton of a song that they've finished in a hurry and kind of given to someone to mix. So that's my biggest issue with it. I, I don't think it should be on the album. It needed another six months you know, to, to develop. Six months to four years. To four years to develop this as a song. It, it's, it's a, it's shit as it stands because it, it. Yeah. It's one of my least favorite on the album. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I even struggle to kind of say it's shit a little bit because it, it doesn't feel like it's a complete song. Mm. I just think this, this has no place on it. It would, it would have been a stronger album just to have left it off and that would have been fine. You know, five minutes less, running time nothing wrong with that rather than have this thing on there that mm. that feels like it's it's just you know taking up space frankly do you know how they the band feel about it they don't like they, it they don't they generally don't like I'm it i'm pretty sure i've heard it live yeah well you have because More than once. you have you both yeah no no, no i'm you, saying not had, just when they had to play the album i'm pretty sure i've heard it i don't know maybe at a meridian weekend that's the only time they yeah. play it they wouldn't play this on tour now because they don't like it this isn't it really interesting quote from H before the album actually came out. Um, but he describes it as once again comparing it to something else. Um, although although it started life, he said, um, as a demo, I think in the radiation era, that wouldn't have sounded out of place on Blur's Park Life album. Again, shut oh, up. No. Shut up. <sighs> You don't Ugh. want their songs to feel like they fit on other people's albums. No. They need to be unique to them. Yeah. So he says, um, it's probably the only song I can't really judge at the moment. He says, I can't make up my mind what I think of Built in Bastard Radar. It should be a laugh to do live. But they have all gone on the record as saying they don't like it. Phew. Thank God. Yeah. So we are okay to slag this one off. Phew, that's such a relief. Um, what is really interesting, I mean, I, I look, lyrically, I don't like it. I hate no, the lyrics. I, it's another I hate one, the lyrics. It's another one that feels a bit unpleasant. Yeah, like deserve. Yeah. It's like, what are you saying? It feels horrible. So all women, they're being just basically painted the same. All women or all, all men. Well, the yeah. thing is, like, I wrote... Um, I don't understand who, obviously, John Helmer, not H. I don't understand whoever wrote this song is referring to, whether they're referring to themselves 
Well, so, again, uh, well, I don't understand uh, whether yeah. they're referring to themselves or. Do you say themselves or themselves? <laughs> <laughs> Not the time or place. Don't worry about it. I don't know whether they're re- referring to themselves or. Selves. <laughs> themselves. I don't know whether they're referring to themselves or. I can't say it. I can't continue. To... Wow. I Why don't, don't you... know Do you know what? Start again. Do you know what? Like, here's, a little trick. here's a little trick from, from me when mm. you're not sure about a word. Mumble yeah. it. <laughs> I don't know whether they're referring to themselves. <laughs> no, 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 that's not... <clears throat> or that. Just do that. Or this... many... <clears throat> or... Help. I don't know whether they're referring... They're speaking about himself. Jesus Christ was stuck in a loop. <laughs> Will you please move on, my love? Or men in general. I don't know if they're saying, like, oh, women, even though they know a man isn't going to be good for them, the women are attracted to bad boys or bastards. Or if he's saying, I'm a bastard well, and I can't help it. If you're Steve Hogarth, mm. you have a little attack of paranoia that the song's about you. Oh, no. Yeah. Even though <laughs> he didn't write it. Well, well, of course, yeah. Um, Why would John Helmer write a song about age? He's... H has mentioned this so many times over the years. Oh, no. Um, that he wondered if John was... Well, look, here's a quote from the time. He said, he said, it makes the observation that girls can't resist a total bastard. I'll ask you in a minute whether that's true. Um, and that it's piss and wind and fancy clothes that make a man. I still wonder if he was having a pop at me with that line. He probably gets devilish pleasure in the thought that I was going to sing it. I hope he wasn't, but I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, I mean, you know, <clears throat> before I knew John Helmer had written the lyrics and I read It's Piss and Wind and Fancy Clothes That Make a Man a Man, I did wonder if it was about age because of the fancy yeah. well, clothes. Yeah, it, look, because of the fancy it, clothes. It's, it's, a, it's a quote from another interview. It's a song about girls being attracted to bastards, as they often seem to be. I get the feeling he'd maybe lost one nil to a bastard down the line. And it was his way of getting back. I don't know. Maybe he was taking the piss out of me, deriving some quiet mischievous joy of asking me to sing those words. Um, anyway, Fraser Marshall apparently asked John when he interviewed him for the Web UK in 2005 whether it was about H. Right. John <laughs> and, and refused John, to reply. No, John made a jokey comment. I hope it is. He said, no, but he's definitely my love rival if that's what he's getting at. <laughs> <laughs> he said it might have been the other way around I remember when I was a young man and I was behaving with such probity as I now behave within my and I wasn't I was behaving with such probity I think wasn't as I now behave within my relationships I certainly found that the worst you behaved own it John um, there were benefits for cheating when you were 20 something in a band but it definitely wasn't trying to get at Steve so it was about John yeah is what he's saying or how he behaved but funny that that H H took it personally thought it might be about me being a bastard in a relationship because all the ladies love me also it's a little sorry to think that you know a little bit cocky as well isn't it what because all the ladies love him well I mean I guess he's found out if all the ladies love him so it's not really being cocky if it's true and yet he thinks he's a bastard so Sanya are, are women attracted to bastards I can't speak for all women, Paul. Are all women, as the song states? <laughs> Are you, would you consider yourself a all the bastard? girls on earth have a built-in bastard radar? That doesn't mean you're they're attracted to them. Well, look, I that just were, means yeah. that you can sense if someone's going to be bad news. You might see the red flags and then ignore them. That was how I used to understand it. Mm. That it was a girls will know if someone's a bastard. Yeah, and you stay away. However. 
yeah, clearly that's not, not the everyone intent. stays away. That's clearly well, no, we've known some people who definitely always seem to pick the, the, that's a, a bastard magnet yeah not a radar and seems to seek out bastards yeah <laughs> yeah uh yeah we have known someone like that i don't know um it's yeah it's a horrible lyric horrible yeah it's not nice for either men or women no it's just it's just all round horrible it is saying that all women want only one thing i don't know i don't that's not how i interpret it yeah, but isn't that what, what the song is saying? H has said as much. But guys who show how much they care try hard to please and get nowhere. Fuck off. Yeah, that's so... It's uh, What is it? Toxic masculinity. Yeah. Fuck off. Seriously. Yeah, seriously. That's... Yeah. That's unfair. You know, so we, we've got to behave like bastards is what the song's saying. When, when, like, when it comes down to it, it's like... I don't really know how true it is. I mean, yeah, certainly for some people, yes. They are attracted to people who treat them badly. That's the same with men and women. There are men who are attracted to women who treat them badly and ignore them and stuff like that. Also, aside from what it's about, I just don't like the lyrics. I don't like Um, the lyrics. So, look, I'll tell you a line that I really hate. Then out into the Bull St. Mish. The what boulevard. Does that mean? I think it, it's shortening Boulevard Saint Michael in order to make it rhyme with the word Corniche. No one says Bull Saint Mich, do they? Correct me if I'm wrong. Awful. Baby, you can't lose it. Go away, built in bastard radio. Yeah, let's let's move deeply on. Deeply unpleasant that, piece of crap. I wish it wasn't on the album. Yeah, me too. The one bit I like is the outro with the keyboards, which sounds a bit like Boston. That's it. songs that don't feel finished tumble down the years you don't think it feels finished no i love tumble down the years i always used to doesn't sound finished oh explain the same i think exactly the same as built and bastard radar fortunately it's a nicer tune it sounds Mm. yeah it sounds unfinished it's a nicer song uh but what's there is nicer Mm. it's definitely leaves a nicer feeling yeah uh yeah that's for sure yeah, it's a positive song, which we've had a few on this album, thank yeah. God, to offset the two horrible ones. Yeah, they, they were awful songs. Um, Deserves not as bad as Built in Bastard Radar. I think Built in Bastard Radar is the worst of the album. I think it, it, you know what? Sorry, going back to it, I think it might be their most misjudged song they've ever done. Misjudged? At least lyrically for a start. Oh, you mean like, guys, do you really want to sing that? Yeah. Yeah, possibly. Anyway, tumble down the years. Um, so this and Interior Lulu were both mixed for radiation, but they were left off the album because the band felt they were unfinished. This version of, of Tumble Down the Years isn't hugely different from the radiation version. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so they haven't... It still sounds unfinished to me. Oh. Uh, it's another Helmer lyric, by and the way. And do you mean um, unfinished lyrically or um, no, no, musically? Musically. musically, it sounds like a sketch of a song. It sounds like a demo. Uh, uh, no, again, with the lovely production that, you know, that is on there, mm. um, enough production to make it, to almost sort of fill it out a bit. But it's just not, it's not done. It's not finished. It's half-baked mm. as a piece of music. Oh. 
sorry to hear that you feel it's like catchy it. and it's sweet. I love it. I think it's a great song. It's, it sounds a bit like the monkeys, I think. It's got yeah. sort of 60s pop. Although feel. the beginning is pure, here comes the sun. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Well, get a load of this, right? H thought, well, H wanted it to sound like Credence Clearwater revival, which it oh, definitely it, does what? not. No, it did not pick up on that at all. Uh. At all. Uh, so apparently they worked on it to make it sound like Creedence Clearwater Revival, who he describes as being influenced by or influencing REM quite heavily. Um, so we worked a lot on the groove and got it feeling better, and that was a step forward um, from the radiation version. It's uh, yeah. Anyway, go on. Sorry, you've got lots of nice things to say about it. Um, apparently, well, I don't have that many things to say. Yeah, it uh, it has a lovely, uplifting, feel good vibe to it. It sounds sounds like it might be a song about a couple facing the world together, but but going through a rocky patch and then deciding no, we're going to stick with it. Right. Yep. Yeah. I don't. I don't really have anything written about the music. <laughs> there you go. It's because it's so slight. You haven't even managed to write anything about the music. Not really. <laughs> wow. But, um, but but what does that tell you that you haven't? You're normally so diligent, and yet you haven't been able to write much about this or built in Bastard Radar, the two songs that I say are unfinished. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because they're, they're, they're like it's, sketches. They're, yeah, they're, it feels like a light song. Yeah. Like, you know, Coke Zero version of a song, no calories. Mm. Um, but I still like it. It's a light kind of... Would you describe it as a pop song? Yeah, it's totally a pop song. Yeah, it's light and airy. It's not dense. It hasn't got... It doesn't feel like it's got like a million layers to it or anything. So I didn't... Yeah, nothing in the music really stood out apart from that beginning riff, Here Comes the Sun. But... But here's, a, here's another question. Why are Marillion doing songs like this? Why? Why were Marillion doing songs like this? For fun. It's not. Come on. Why are they making music like this? Or trying to? How would you have made it better? Look, I'm not a musician. Don't ask me. <laughs> Why are you asking me? I've got about five copies of my album. I'm the wrong person to ask. It's on Bandcamp if you want to go and find it. It's called Eschatology. And you can find it under Mr. Biffo. M-R-B-I-F-F-O if you'd like to give it a go. You can also find the theme music to this podcast on there. I digress. Uh, how would I have made it better? It, look, I'd have given it another f- f- six months. But to, you know what? Like, I think it's it. okay to have some songs that are simple. It's and not light. The, the the issue for me isn't that it's simple. Now she'll it's never fine. know is simple. Right, mm. Born to Run is simple. This is unfinished. I'm telling you, it's it's this and built in bastard radar. They ran out of time. Let's chuck them on. Have they mentioned anything? Not that I've found. But for me, both those songs to show that their judgment was off, that they were running scared. Because they, they were pushed to the limit in terms of finances. Hmm. They had to get something out. But they kind of just... It just feels like with this album, they just chucked anything they had on there rather than... They didn't have the luxury of taking longer. Hmm. I think if they'd had they more time, time to think about it, they might have kind of gone, uh, OK, yeah, we need to do some quality adjustment on this. Hmm. 
Anyway, go on. What do you think it's about? Oh, you've said, haven't you? Yeah. I said yeah. it's sad, though. Like, when he's... The bits when he, he starts off saying, we, we never stopped to see if we were still in step. We never checked each other's eyes to see who lived in there behind them. And down the years, we disappeared. I thought that was really sad. Mm. But then he goes into... You know, he continues in the song and the last verse he's saying, let's go together. We said forever. So it's you and me against the world. Hold on together and damn the river. We'll tumble down the years. And I I didn't know if it was, I know I said it was an optimistic song and felt um, uplifting and happy. But I do also wonder if it's about a couple that's forcing a relationship to work when it clearly isn't working. Well, it's technically an eight, uh, and how I'm a lyric, but H did, as said here in this interview in an old web magazine, that he did chuck in a couple of lines of his own. I wonder whether the didn't, you know, check if we were still in step. Mm. I don't know. But he says, um, he says, that's a lyric of John's. I threw a couple of lines in there. I never talked to him about which trees barking up with the lyrics, which right. I find interesting. Um, I just sort of interpret them and sometimes I'll extrapolate on what I think they mean and take them away and write a lot more on top or whatever. I didn't change that much. To my mind, it's a song about marriage, a song about being in love and setting up a relationship when you're young, you and me against the world and losing the thread of it somewhere down the line. As quite often happens when people spend their lives together and how time affects a relationship. It's quite a positive song in a sense, in many ways, it's a song written from the old people's home. <laughs> wow, okay. Um, hmm. It's not... All right. Is it positive, though? Yeah, if they are kind of looking know. back and going, we never checked to see if we were still in step. Mm-hmm. That's that. That's Tumble that. down the years. I don't think I've got anything more to say about it. It's not really... I mean, yeah, it's We not... don't need to make... We don't need to kind of... We gave... It's not that deep, bro. Yeah. Leave it. <laughs> it's not worth it. <laughs> well, poor Leave tumble him. down the years. It's fine. It's poppy. It's a bit monkeys esque. Not really what I want from a Meridian song. Least of all, unfinished. Right, the epic. All right. Interior Lulu, a song famously ballsed up at a Meridian weekend, which stopped it being played live yeah, for many what years. what happened? It was, I think, the bootleg... Was it the bootleg bingo? Or was it the... Um, and they played... Everyone voted for their favourite songs. Anyway, they played it, I think, at Butlins. Mm. One of the Meridian weekends, and it went very wrong. I, at the time, I don't know whether it was because I was drunk or I'm just musically illiterate, but I didn't notice it had gone wrong, but the band afterwards was sort of very heavy in ha- head in hands. And, oh, no. Yeah, and it became... Known as for a long time, Inferior Lulu. <laughs> I think they were well, horrified that's not at their help performance. Them feel any better about it? Uh, yeah, of course. It's also a song that the band have slightly mixed feelings about, mainly due to oh. that horrible, horrible keyboard bit in the middle. Yeah. Um, courtesy of which Mark Kelly has held his hands up and gone, "Yep, that was my fault. Sorry." What a song! <laughs> <laughs> you don't like this, do you? I don't know. I don't know whether uh, I like it or not. I've never known whether I like it or not. Have you not? Uh-huh. And do you know what? Really? I mean, there's bits in it that I love, like when he sings the interior Lulu bit. I, lo- I, love, I love the last that half. Bit. I love the last half of the song. Mm. I love the... Or I mean, not, obviously... No, the last third of the song I love. 
Yeah. Yeah, what a waste of eyes, what a waste of lives. Yeah. Uh, And the interior... The last third is brilliant. The rest of the song, can take or leave. Mm. I mean, I like the start. I don't mind the start. I like the start. start. Then it gets a bit, like, WTF. What is going on? Um, The worst sort of prog. It's like three different songs in one. Yeah, welcome, welcome to Bob um, Rock, my dear. I mean, I guess they do work together because it, they wouldn't have made one song out of the three different. <laughs> well, hang on, wait a minute. This is Marillion. There's no, you know, otherwise they wouldn't have. They, they just do whatever. <laughs> they well, maybe on this album because they didn't have time. But lest we forget yeah, how I... they write songs. <laughs> yeah, <I suppose. laughs> they jam and then stick bits together. Yeah. Well, I guess on my first few listens, I wasn't sure whether the bits went together harmoniously but I don't dislike it and the more I've listened to it the more I grow to like it what I think is good about it is that it's a clearly a prog song yeah clearly but, but it, it's not they're not copying anyone else no. here they're but not it, trying to be blur <laughs> but it's not a um also this is another one that was mixed for radiation but basically didn't have that end bit the great bit Oh, right, um, okay. But as a prog song, it feels like a modern prog song. It in, does. It, it doesn't feel dated at any point. No, you're right, it doesn't. And the end bit, the it's... end section, I mean, when they play it live, it's fantastic, that ending. It almost sounds trancey. I wouldn't say you could dance to it, but it's just, you, I don't know, it sounds modern. It, yeah, and, and I, I get what you mean. That's what is in its favour for me. This is what I'm talking about when it's like Meridian being Meridian but moving forwards. Mm. Doesn't sound like anything they've done before. It's a long song, but it doesn't sound like this strange engine, which this strange engine in a lot of ways has a lot of retro kind of Meridian sounds. This doesn't necessarily, but but it's a long song. Mm. Does it sound like three different songs stuck together? Yes. <laughs> and, and then when, when I say that, then... Don't you want a song to still sound like a cohesive whole? Yeah, and this is... uh, You don't want it to sound like three different songs stuck together, even if the parts are unique. It's not the best example of Marillion doing a long song, Mm. in that it it doesn't necessarily sound like a whole. It does sound like three songs bolted together, which their approach of writing music, unfortunately... You know, and there are other examples going forward. It does result in that sometimes. Mm. Um, and there are other times when they have long songs that probably don't need to be as long because they don't really change. So it's finding a balance between those two extremes. Mm. Uh, but that said, I quite like the beginning. I quite like all three bits apart from that horrible keyboard bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I particularly like the ending. Yes. But as a satisfying whole, it, it isn't it isn't that thing. It's just like there's <laughs> just like whole, one puzzle yeah. piece missing that would have turned it yeah. into a great song. I think they should have focused it more around instead of kind of going, here's three bits that we've got, I kind of feel they should have focused on that ending section particularly and built outwards from that. Mm. Or built backwards from that. Instead what they did is they wrote that and stuck it on the end of interior. I don't know. Yeah, that that's why it doesn't work as well for me. But it's not a bad song. No, because all the three bits sort of work, but yeah. the horrible keyboard bit. Maybe why, when I was saying it felt like it was slightly too long, yeah. it was just like, yeah, just cut out that keyboard bit. Yeah. It'll be fine. Do you want a quote from H about it? Because um, he's asked about the length in this web 
Oh, is he? Interview, yeah. It's like 15 minutes long or something, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which there was, uh, you know, a, there are and still are a certain part of the Marillion fandom who kind of go, oh, it's long, therefore it is good. Right. Like, never mind the quality. You know, listen to the length. <laughs> um, so H is asked about that and he says, I think Lulu's a good thing. For me, it's not about the length. For now. Doing. It's just about whether something's rewarding musically and lyrically and whether or not the band are playing well. Whether it's something to be proud of. I can be proud of something that's not very good but is very long and I can't really be proud of something that is just sort of a third-hand pastiche of something on an early Genesis album. Ouch! What What do you think he's referring to? I don't know. Grendel? <laughs> uh, which I think, I quite often think a lot of those guys would love to hear us do. Those guys nobody, in the audience. Nobody puts Grendel in the corner. Yeah. And then he goes on, then he gets realises he might have put his foot in it. And he says... Uh, but I was around then, you know. I was a massive fan of early Genesis when I was a kid and I was down the front row when Peter Gabriel had the lump shaved out of his head and was sticking his head up out of a pyramid and seeing Watcher of the Skies. I was there! But what's the point of doing that again unless you can do it properly? Oh, yeah, but no, no, no. We can write a Door song or a Jimi Hendrix song, can't we, even though that's been done. Oh, no, we can write a Blur song. You know, oh, we can write a bloody... You know, mate, you're all over the place. Hmm. Sorry. Like, make out your mind. You, you know, oh, no, now we only want to be influenced by cool bands, in quotes. Cool bands. None of those old prog rock bands. And the thing is, the irony is then they do a song like Interior Lulu, which is long, but it sounds like Marillion, but it sounds yeah. like modern Marillion. Yeah, it does. And it's so much better in a lot of ways, or more authentic sounding than rich. You know or... what? Yeah, you're right. It sounds more authentic. And maybe that's why I couldn't decide whether I liked it or not. Because it is authentic, not their best authentic no, but it's authentic. songs, but it is, yes. And I worry with, particularly this era, still happens a little bit going forward, but particularly with this era, they've lost their authentic voice. Or they lost it because they were fishing around for what they should be. Uh, and And the truth is, they always knew what they were. Yeah, they always had it. And Animatophobia, it's an interesting album. I listened to it. I already got in there starting to listen to it. You can hear on there how much more confident they are in, in themselves. I wonder what changed between radiation and well, arachnophobia. We can talk about that when we get there, but I'll tell you, there were several things. One, they had more time because they did the pre-order. They had more money. They had mm. more time. They had Dave that, Which also means less pressure. Less pressure. So they had less pressure on them. And they had a producer. A producer that they knew. Oh. Which they, remember, they haven't had a producer for three albums. Oh, that's true. Yes. That they good reminder. They always made the best choices. Yeah, good reminder. Um, Everybody needs a good producer. Yes. So what the hell do you think this is about? <laughs> that's yeah. a great question yeah i've um, written do you want to know what i've written here can i have can i go first no i'll just tell you okay. what i've written excuse my french i've written fuck knows <laughs> <laughs> okay so i mean it was a question that, that i did wonder <laughs> yeah. what on earth is this about wild guesses time 
Um, I was wondering whether interior Lulu is a metaphor for that hedonistic, decadent, addictive part of oneself. Oneself or oneself? Um, No, I'm going to say oneself. Um, One selfie stick. Or is it maybe... One selfie stick, please. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that was a (laughs) complete bizarre outburst. Your face. (laughs) Ticket, please. Tickets, please. Sorry, Um, carry on and just let's just pretend that didn't happen. um, Or is it maybe about how this melancholic, hedonistic, addictive part of us and the pain it causes can be used as an artistic muse for some people. So I'm getting this from the lyrics that say, use the anger, paint a picture of it, throw the colours, use the pain, use the pain, scream back a brand new emotion. As it runs across the skin, fire across paper, burn and curl, burn and curl. So fire across paper, I imagine the pain being written into the paper as lyrics. Um, So it's like this, this... Interior Lulu, okay, this is like completely wow. personal take on it. Interior Lulu, because like Lulu's kind of like a fancy, exotic part of you that is a bit wild and bad. Yeah. Can get you into trouble, causes you pain. Yeah. But you can use that pain to create whatever your art is. Oh, wow. Or Whoever wrote this song is maybe using well, that it's, pain it's, to create that. It's art. an H and Hale mush, um, mashup, right? But then it also seems to turn into a commentary on the state of our society and people staring at screens and the internet and chatting rubbish, which leaves me saying I've got no idea <laughs> what the song is about. Yeah, yeah. Um, that for me is the problem with it. Mm is that it seems to be two completely different lyrics. Yeah, saying intertwined and it's like, okay, things. what are you trying to say? Well, H does say, mm. uh, I sort, uh, sort of feel in a way that I'm reluctant to explain too much about it because I can't think it would get any stronger through explanation except to say that I took up and probably took off in a different direction uh, the first couple of verses of what John had all the ruses that you use, all the food that you refuse. And the first chorus was what John had. And then I ran with it and took it off into all the other sections. And the band took it into the other sections musically. And he says, I'm particularly pleased with the beginning and the end. I don't like the middle as much. Brilliant. (laughs) It's before the album even came out. Amazing. Uh, I have read other interviews. I stupidly haven't made a note of them where he explained a bit more. Right. Um... Where he explained that the the Lulu was a it was uh, Louise Brooks she played a character called Lulu in a film. Oh, um, and it's about a girl, not the film, the song, mm. about a girl who perhaps trying a bit too hard to be you know getting tattooed and pierced, um, right. trying a bit too hard to to wear her pain on the outside, right? You know, and, and using that almost as a bit of a. Um, mm. a bit of a mask but so it's actually interior... on the intro who isn't and I think I may be misquoting here mm. but who isn't perhaps as interesting as she portrays herself as so which feels a bit snidey but there we go uh, <laughs> I, when I read it I went oh that's not very nice but then this album's full of that so then this song so, being called Interior Lulu means on the inside you've got this aspect or she of wants to be like Louise Brooks and look like Louise Brooks 
Um, there's an old sort of black and white film actress oh. who looks weirdly. You see in pictures, she looks like the face on the Brave album covers, weirdly. Oh, really? Uh, but but then he talks about how the end, which and I even when I read these interviews, I didn't see how the connection mm-hmm. um, about the internet and he he saw himself as he described it in a way as sort of like a zooming out from you know a screen out to the edge of space and seeing the world and you know the looking down on London from the top of Primrose Hill was like a metaphor for anyway I don't know but getting he, the big picture getting the big picture of, of the state of the world yeah it's sort of it goes from this girl's inner life and then moving it's, backwards oh, out to like look at everyone right yeah um, so macrocosm microcosm and macrocosm yeah it goes very of. small very big right However, <laughs> I find that particularly that, that the later lyrics really confusing um, because they seem sort of quite anti-internet. Yeah. Um, and yet certainly the band, you know, who weren't averse to giving us mixed messages around this time were always going, thank God for the internet, quite literally, as it saved their... And the album's uh, called Meridian.com. Yeah. So make up your minds whether the internet's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. Um, hmm. I don't like that. What a waste of lies. What a waste of eyes. Yeah. I don't know. It's certainly not making it seem like they're saying thank goodness for the internet. No. I don't I don't love the lyrics there, if I'm honest. Um, I mean, well, I mean, from what you're saying, it they don't sound like they're very nice at the beginning if it's just kind of criticising this girl. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. I wish I... I Oh, <laughs> that's yeah so i wish i'd kept the um what is the song trying to say what is it trying to say it feels all over the place so you know every rainy day by email as you lie there on your bed another virtual page arrives there will be times when you remember me of the chapters you'll be writing and the voice i don't know um it mentions a name in again yeah i didn't know that as you interesting read Henry i was going to bring that up um, to you actually yeah um because he used the quote in Rich from an Anin. Yes. Must have been reading an Anin at the time. Yeah. Anyway, so all the, I mean, I always saw the screen back a brand new, oh no, use the anger, paint a picture of it, throw the colours, use the pain, use the pain, screen back a brand new emotion as it runs across the skin. I always took that to be being tattooed. Um, uh. The waking up in pain, tattooed in that private place. Never liked that line. Um, Microsoft and Tears intimately pierced. Never liked that line. It's grubby. Microsoft and Tears. Intimately pierced. <laughs> it's not very nice, is it? But what's it got to do? Like, what's it trying anything? to say? What is it trying to say? I don't know. See, it goes all over the place. Um, but then, I mean, there are bits that I like. I like that if you can... Um, if you can buy it, it can be bought. If you can buy it, it can be stolen. If you yes. can break it, it's already broken. Yes. That, I, I like that, but it feels like disconnected. I like some of the lyrics, but overall, and it's something that, as we've sort of said across this album, there's a sort of cynicism or a judginess or a nastiness to a lot of the lyrics. Bitterness. A bitterness mm. that, despite the fact that he's trying to be positive in places with Go and Enlightened and Rich, mm. underlying it, there is a really... I don't know, something nasty and dark at the heart of Marillion.com. 
there's not a lot of empathy for the girl in this song. Yeah. So anyway, that's Interior Lulu. Um, I mean, he might have just not been in a good phase in his life at that time. And I think that's fairly apparent. The, the album is a snapshot of the emotional the emotional state that they, because it wasn't just him, him, Helmer, the band, were in. And it does it does represent kind of waves, doesn't it? It's like positive and then it goes down, a uh-huh. bit angry and bitter, and then a bit more positive and then angry and bitter. Yes, so, and I don't like the age of this era. There I'm saying, I don't like who he was. At that time? Yeah. I mean, he probably, maybe he wasn't very happy at that time with everything that was happening in his life. Anyway, Interior Lulu, not one of their most loved epics, but it's it's... It's not without its charms. It does <laughs> have, yeah, it definitely has some charms. So let's move on. Oh, God, here we go. So to House, my favourite. are you saying, here, oh, God, here we go? Because of the quote I'm about to read out. Oh, uh, all right, But then. My, I will preface right. it by saying my favourite song on the album. Same. Okay, Oh, by... this and Go, actually. House yeah, and Go. Yeah. Equal first. Love them both. I like House a lot. Mm. Uh unfortunately in listening to it for this podcast mm. i've gone off it a little given that i used to really like it what what yeah, happened that's the first time that's happened normally it seems to go the other way like a legacy mm. house i kind of went wow it goes on a bit and doesn't change a lot. <laughs> it's 10 minutes doesn't need to be 10 minutes Anyway, I will. um, What I will say is that this song had famously the working title "Massive Attack." Did it? Oh no! (laughs) Oh no! Uh, Oh, Marillion. No, O H. O H. This is when all the um, the black influences quotes started spilling out of his mouth. With this song. This was the start of it. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah, they carried on for a bit into Anarachnophobia as well. Um, he says, it's essentially a dub reggae, although it's Marillionised. Not that we feel we have to do something to it, it's just the way the band plays, but it's dub reggae played by Marillion, and so it sounds like that. If Massive Attack had done that song, you know it would have had much more of the, a machine and sampling presence on it. Because we're a band, we tend to veer off in the direction of it being real. So he says... Um, <laughs> Up until Afraid of Sunlight, I don't think Marillion took on board, to my knowledge and the way I remember it, I don't think we took on board any black influences at all. I mean, somebody once said about progressive rock, it's the only form of music that is entirely white and didn't really have any black roots in it at all. Whereas just about every other form of contemporary music has black roots. Around Afraid of Sunlight, uh, I tentatively started introducing black into the music. Ouch. Um, you know, gospel, on, although we still remain very white in terms of what we've done, black things have crept in, but never as black as dub or anything like that. And I don't think the band's ever had a reggae groove going on record. I could be wrong. Well, you are wrong. Yeah, you you said way back in the Fish era. As as has, um, as has Dave Megan. Has he? Well, he worked on Fugazi. Oh, he right. he recognised the reggae uh, beats in there. All of that quote mm. makes my skin crawl. There are other quotes, but I'll leave. I'll just just stick with that one for now. Right. I mean, aside from the introducing black into the music. Sorry. Oh God. Yeah. 
it was like chew my knuckles time. Aside from that and how cringy it is, there's something really patronising about it. You can look at as well. It's also it's also factually wrong. Pink Floyd had a really strong blues influence, and if that's not a black influence, I don't know what was. Um, yeah, we're talking. You know, Dave Gilmore is a great blues guitarist. Then you had. Um, then you had in the eighties Peter Gabriel and all his world music uh, experiments. You know, he, he so to say that Marillion are like the first prog band to to introduce a black influence into their music because they've written one song that sounds a bit like Massive Attack, which it doesn't. Off the back of this, I went and listened to the most recent. At that time, Massive Attack right. album, Mezzanine, which is a great album. Yeah. Sounds nothing like House. Nothing like it. Uh, and also, there's something really progressive about Massive Attack as well. Uh, you know, if you only know them for their singles. Um, I mean, Teardrop's one of the greatest songs ever written, as far as I'm concerned. And Mezzanine was really dark and, and really quite rocky. But also the title of this song, he's called it House because it sounds like, what? Because in his head it sounds like house music or something. That's why it's called really? House. No, oh, I always it's about thought. House. I know, but I always thought that's why he's called it House. No. Because it's about a house and in his head it sound, that sounds quite modern. I bet you a million, million, billion pounds that the reason really? he's called it House is because he's going, look, look, we're doing house music. <laughs> anyway, no. I to say that, yeah, to take credit, I started introducing Black black into the music oh god that makes my it's, skin crawl it is a little bit cring- cringy as a statement uh, and patronizing it's just wrong marillion yeah. always oh, had that so awkward and then on top of that so did other progressive bands it's just wrong and it it made him come across and i'm did not you hear saying this quote this. at the time oh well, there are other quite not the well yeah i probably did actually this one but there are others Dear. He said it more than once. He said it in loads of interviews. He was so proud. Has he, he was saying so it now? proud of House because it, it in his head it was like a kind of massive attack song. Oh dear. I didn't come across like an idiot. Yeah, but not only that, but a bit of an arrogant one. So I know you're not you're biting your tongue. That's but... awkward. No, I just feel really awkward right now. Why? Because well, of him saying that. Yeah. Yeah. This is the guy who's going, yeah, yeah, we've written a song that sounds like The Doors. Whoa, what a pioneer. Whoa. Rain in that experimentation, H, I can't handle it. So out there. Yeah, yeah, now we've written a song like Massive Attack. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, we're going to have to call you the mad scientist with all the all crazy musical experiments that you're doing. But would you find, <sighs> like, Interior Lulu is more out there yeah. for them and experimental? Yes. Because it does that sort of trancey thing at the end that just builds and builds and builds and, you know, goes really fast and high up-tempo. Look, this is my... Fa- House is my favourite song on this album. Mm. But the quotes around it... It's like, shut up. Do you just think the quotes up. have coloured your... Um, Maybe a little. How you feel about the song. Yeah, because it's a lovely song and it's chilled and I, I like the sort of mute trumpet on it and yeah. the... the yeah, you know, I, I love I love the sort of groove of it. All of that yes, I love. Love the groove. And if I hadn't read any of those quotes, I'll just take it for what it is. Yeah. But instead, we're 
you're seeing behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah, now. and he's ho- trying to hold it up as something greater than it is. And something it's a, that you'd rather it wasn't. Yeah. I'd rather he didn't see it. Or that rather way. it wasn't seen as that. Yeah. I'd rather he didn't see it that way. Mm. Uh, yeah, just, just go, look, we've done this song, it's nice. Yeah. Yeah, we did this nice song and here's what it's about. And don't start showing off that you've done something that sounds a bit reggae-ish. Oh, dear me. I know. I know, it is dear me. Yeah, I mean, you know, how many bloody musicians, white musicians, took on black influences? You know, particularly, well, from the 60s onwards. You're not doing anything new. You know, the Beatles were playing kind of... uh, covers of of little richard early on yeah they were influenced by black music and then arguably invented prog this is so painful let's move on okay let's talk about what it's it's too i'm cringing too hard (laughs) (laughs) no no i want to read one more quote i want to read one more quote while we were working on this song and overdubbing in the studio i picked up a copy of q which is the former Music Monthly, and read an interview with Massive Attack's Robert Del Naja. And when he was asked what he was listening to, he said, among others, some old progressive rock albums, which was kind of surprising and a little spooky considering what we were working on. (laughs) Anyway. I'm speechless. I I really don't have anything to add because I... Actually, think my face is a little bit flushed from embarrassment on his behalf. Yeah. Imagine being him now, listening to you read out his quotes from the nineties, and oh, how would you feel? Embarrassed. Yeah. Rightly. <laughs> Rightly so. Yeah, we all did some and said some stupid things back then. Yeah. Um, but you know we we haven't documented this in a chronological order. <laughs> Everything yeah. that sort of went. This into is the it. bit we're up to. Yeah, and thankfully all of it starts getting better from this point on, oh, including quotes in the media, including quotes. Oh yeah. my goodness. Oh well, yeah. Then they got they got Lucy on board as the communications manager before oh, she became she, proper manager. She had PR. Experience. She reined him in. Or <laughs> <laughs> he needed. She took in. control. She yeah. He <laughs> she, needed um, reining in. Yeah. Just stop sending him out there. It's like sending him to the wolves. <laughs> just yeah. like, you know, turning him on like a... Then letting him go. Why are they all quotes from him? Did none of the other band members say much? Oh, well, well no. About... No. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, I probably do have some more somewhere on .com. No, just uh, out of curiosity, if what was going on for well, them, this was whether just an they were... With him in, well, it was just an interview with him. This one particularly. Right. Uh, I'd love to know what they thought of this of the album the song. well i can tell you they didn't like house they didn't like house um, wow he says uh <laughs> it was certainly greeted because he it started with a bass thing right uh and that he took it home and developed it on his own brought it back to them and said what do you make of this and it was greeted with various strengths of enthusiasm uh and he says i wouldn't be surprised if house is one of those songs that the band liked more in years to come than they do now. I don't think they've got their heads around it yet. Rother's had a lot of trouble with it because it was very hard for him him to wrap his playing style around it as a groove. Right. There you go. Hmm. 
So between that and deserve the uh, first Marillion song you can line dance to. Um, oh no! The Creedence Stop. Clearwater revival licks of um, <laughs> what song was that that was meant oh, to sound like? Um, Tumble down the years. Was that was meant it to be? Tumble down the years? Or was it Rich? Oh no, that's the no. Doors, Rich was um, the Doors. Yeah. I think Tumble Down the Years was meant to be Creedence Clearwater Survival. Survive? I'm sorry? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a reality show where they go out into the wilderness. <laughs> They're dropped in the middle of the Alaskan <laughs> wilderness with, with just a With a, a banjo a knife. and a guitar. Banjo and a knife. <laughs> they have Play to your way out of this one, musicians. So I love it. And you love yes, it. Yes, I love it. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know what it's about? You know what it's about, don't you? I'm it's, guessing that I know what it's about. It's an H lyric. It's got some of my favourite lyrics on there. Yeah. Um, he says, it's, the song is about ghosts. It's about how a house tends to exude its pain or joy of what has gone on, on inside it. Mm. During, the, during the near collapse of my own relationship a couple of years ago, the house seemed to somehow ooze the pain we were in, yeah. even when nobody was there. There wasn't a level to which I could turn up the hi-fi that drowned out the silence that was still there. Oh, wow. And then... Brace yourself. In case you're wondering, there's a happy ending and that same house feels different these days. We're doing fine. It's a happy house. Oh dear. Double down the years. Yeah. We're going to force our way through this because we made a promise. Yeah, it didn't last, did it? No, that's sad. That's really sad. Yeah, that Um, is sad. That's pretty much what... what my but then, interpretation can was. you imagine living with him at the time? He was probably in the kitchen going, "Look, I've put some um, Creole spices in this um, curry. No one's done that before." <laughs> I be put like... Cajun seasoning on this cod, <laughs> yeah, and grilled it. No one's done that before. Yeah, Some fish say, and chips is like a traditional. Yeah, people say English fish and chips food. is the whitest food there is. Yeah, mm. especially cod's like really white. <laughs> I've put Cajun seasoning on it and grilled it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, look. People say how I yeah. walk is the whitest way a man's ever walked. That's real but, innovation. But look how I'm walking now. I've got jive <laughs> in my step as he came in through the door. <laughs> That's real innovation, yeah. that is. I'm introducing is. some black into my walk. <laughs> wow. Wow, Steve Hogarth. Just no. Just no. Speechless. Anyway, there we go. We yeah. liked it. It's done. We're over. We've, we've finished .com. I can't wait to listen to the next album. Uh, yeah. So I Literally think, can't I, wait. I think it's their nastiest album, but also somehow their sweetest. Is it? It's the sweetest? Well, really? it's got some positive stuff on there, hasn't it? Yeah. Tumble Down the Does Years that make quite it a sweet the sweetest song. album? No, I suppose you wouldn't. If, so, if someone gave you a lemon meringue pie with a, a cow poo in it, or if someone gave you like <laughs> you a wouldn't tray go that sweet and if someone savory. gave you a tray of cupcakes and half of them had like poison in them and the other half were like just the best cupcakes you've ever had but you have to eat both yeah would you say that's the sweetest so, so tray of cupcakes I've ever had would you say you just stole my metaphor ignored my metaphor and basically reworded yeah just copied it I, no I used it as inspiration I would say I used I brought some real Paul Rose. <sighs> Into this podcast. Did you? Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's a, a weak album, uh, a confused album, a uh, real mixed bag that is was more fondly remembered than Radiation because it had some decent production on there, courtesy wow. of Stephen Wilson. Really? This was more fondly remembered than Radiation? Yeah, not by much. 
Radiation, Radiation is a far is way better, better album. Far better album. More cohesive. Mm. And the bits I like on this album go and house. There's two songs. There's yeah. two songs, which isn't great. Uh, and I don't like... And the end of Interior Lulu. Yeah, fair uh, enough. I don't like them enough. You know, like when you get a yes. weak album where you kind of might... Like This Strange Engine had two songs on there that I think are classics. Yeah. There's not a classic on here. Not a single one. Goes mm, all right. Go. No. Go comes close. Beg to differ. Go yeah. is a classic. Go is a classic. Okay. I don't... I think it's good and nice. Uh, Go but, is a classic. But not a, anyway. Well, look, I'm really glad we finished that album because it, yeah, yeah I don't know why. it's dragged on for a while. It feels like we've been doing it for a long time. Forever. I am really, really interested to know your first impressions of Anarachnophobia because when I put it on, and I'm going to say this now, I think they've done a lot of albums that are better than Anarachnophobia. I don't think it's one of their best albums but coming to it after dot com it was like oh thank god oh thank god <laughs> it really wow. was when i listened okay. to it uh it was a real relief and i think that was why at the time anarachnophobia was so well received because everyone it was just like oh oh phew mm. Um, you'll see what I mean I think but it's got one of my least favourite Marillion songs on there bottom tier bottom yeah yeah bottom tier bottom is it it, um, if if, I were a ball yeah if this if this song was a turd I'd flush it away (laughs) it's on there I've been waiting so long to make that joke about when we (laughs) get there we came up with that like on the second week of doing this podcast (laughs) yeah Um, yeah I have uh, I really really don't like it uh, but it's as a whole a much stronger album. All right, can't wait. And a much more modern sounding album. Oh, thank goodness! And it pointed the way to marbles. But more importantly, it's the album that invented crowdfunding. So, it's the first album that was crowdfunded. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Interesting. The first album in the world that was crowdfunded. How amazing is that? It became doing a Marillion for a long time. Bands would say doing a Marillion. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Imagine doing a Marillion. <laughs> Just off to do a Marillion. <laughs> I'm off to do a dot com. <laughs> I'll give it a couple of minutes. I'll give it a couple of years before <laughs> going in there. <laughs> so everything changes for the band. In the next couple of years. Next week, what would be nice is if we did mm. a dot uh, com post bag episode. That would be lovely. If you can We've get got some letters already. And other, we haven't got a lot of letters, have we? Not a ton, but we have enough probably for an episode. Okay. Uh, we welcome more if anyone we else wants to write more. in. Beampod at gmail.com. Links in the description. If you want to talk to us about anything, like the new album, I don't know if we've had any emails about that. I'd no, we haven't. Have some about the pre-order of the new album and what, what you're looking you forward to. What are you What do you want from the new Marillion album? Let's do some letters on that. What are you looking forward to from the new Marillion album? Playing cards. What are you hoping for from the new Marillion album? No, I'm not looking forward to any playing cards. Playing cards and guitar picks. Who cares? They should have put some pens in there. Oh, a pen would have been good. Oh, yeah, we can always do with new pens. Sweets. <laughs> Sweets. Crisps. 
which each member of the band gets a different flavour of crisps. Oh, 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 God, this is an episode. <laughs> Don't get me started on puns. We need to get out of here before I start all right, punning. All right, all right. Right, um, go subscribe to us if you haven't already. Tell people about us. Uh, maybe um, you can tell her about how horrible we've been about .com. But um, maybe wait until we're on Anaerophobia because we're a bit nicer. We're going to be a bit nicer, I think. I think. I think. You don't sound too sure now. Well, I'm going to be horrible. I'm just saying You're going to be horrible about one of the songs. I'm going to be horrible about one of the songs, yeah. Really horrible. (laughs) But I'm going to start being nicer to H from now on because he gets a lot better behaved. A lot better behaved. (laughs) In every respect. Right. Right, everyone. Um... That's it. Go check us out on Twitter and Facebook. Not that I really do anything on there. Probably should, but busy. Busy. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Goodbye and be safe. Be safe.